Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light. Go farther, stay longer. And now, your hosts, KC Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh, brought to you by First Light Gear. A cold front has blitzed through most of the country. Lots of bucks are going down. But is it just because of the increase in hunters in the field? Is the rut actually happening? Our guests give you their thoughts today. This is Rut Fresh. Let's go. Welcome to Rut Fresh Radio. This is Tyler Jones, your host. And on the line, I've got Casey Smith, the other host, the dude that is like a long ways from me right now. Casey, you're up in South Dakota. It's been a crazy cold front across the country. What are the temperatures like up there? It is as cold as I have ever hunted, if you consider like wind chill and stuff. We're going straight Alex oh. Comstock on this thing, you know. I don't know what they are, but it's like uh, the in the mornings. Now we've had one warmer day, but for the most part, in the mornings it's seventeen and the wind is blowing fourteen to nineteen, mm. something like that. It's very cold, very cold, and, and then somewhere two below, days it below snows. freezing. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's bad, um, oh. but uh, consider it pure joy, man. You know what I mean? Look like at it's you. just it's just a good thing. It's it's makes you tough. Michael says it makes your, your testosterone higher. You know, Does it like, really? Is that a real I mean. thing, or is that just what people from Ohio like to say about themselves? I don't know. That, well, I think it's just more like doing hard things, which probably yeah. does help. Well, speaking probably... of hard things, man, I want to I wanna say something right quick. Uh, you called me a host a while ago, but this week I am not. You are doing all this <laughs> stuff yourself, and I just want people to know I'm thankful appreciate the help with this because i'm i'm doing some hunting and i'm I'm getting to concentrate on that and it's a huge help for me and uh 
they, the element just wouldn't go if you weren't around. So uh, we're all thankful for you. Well, I appreciate it, man. But yeah, it takes all of us, man. I mean, it takes you know the weather. There's like five of us, that, and and that that runs the element and wired to hunt and part of meat eater and everything. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't know it, but it is. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, so it's a lot of work, and I'm I'm glad to be able to do it. Uh, but you know. Um, I, I really am starting to get the FOMO real bad right now because I bet man dude, the cold front's been kind of just pushing through the country and, and giants are dropping. Well, and just so you know, the rut fresh guests were actually pretty hard to get this week because everybody and their mom is in Iowa this week. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time to be in Iowa. Dude, I don't know if I've seen anybody that wasn't in Iowa this week or hardly. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Like. I'm sitting there going through stories on Instagram, like, man, here's my friends. Now this guy, he's from like Illinois. He's going, nope, he's in Iowa this week. Okay, mm-hmm. well, this guy's from Michigan. Uh, oh no, he's in Iowa this week. Well, it's just like, dude, I don't know. It's it is. I mean, there's got to be some sort of convention going on there or something. I imagine <laughs> it's the uh, Whitetail Convention for sure. It is. You know, in fact, um, mm-hmm. I've got a buddy that's uh, on this. Um, this rut fresh episode, Anthony Warren killed a giant there. And, you know, he would attribute a lot of this daylight movement and that daylight movement in particular to, um, this cold front that's pretty well timed. But as you and I discussed today, probably not the perfect cold front, not, not the best timed, right. Um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe November 7th would be a better time for this cold front, you know, but yeah, it's, yeah it, sure. we'll but take it's- what we can get. Right. It makes the last week of October a lot better compared to like, you know, seventies in the afternoon for, for sure. the last week of October. That'd be real tough. For and sure. as much as we want it to be the rut, the twenty eighth of October is a lot different than the second of November. As weird as it is, those mm-hmm. are so close. But I've been I've been seeing it on the ground here, and I know you're gonna have the uh, the steady and true Michael Stoll on here to talk about South Dakota in a bit. So I won't I won't ruin too much of what we have seen from that but i do want to just kind of address something and i know you'll have thoughts on this too um the timing of the rut really does matter because things change quite a bit uh from like october 25th until november 5th like these deer go through crazy changes Mm -hmm. you know in in the way they're acting and all kinds of stuff and i think we noticed last year and i believe we might be in store for the same thing this year that across the country it's potentially going to be a little later than what most people would anticipate being the rut, you know, like mm-hmm. as far as like the perceived movement of bucks chasing does and, and all that, you know, I, I know that you and I in particular last year noticed like November 1st through 5th of, it was just not a lot going on. Yeah. You know? Why is that man? Why, why is it, why does it seem like, I mean, last year <clears throat> there was a lot of warm weather and I think the perceived mm-hmm. rut was definitely later in that mid-November cold front that we had. Um, but is there something changing? I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up uh, because the Julian calendar is, <laughs> isn't is perfect, which is what we operate on nowadays with actually probably a manipulated Julian calendar. But either way. Um, we don't have a perfect 365 days every three years and then a 366 day year on the fourth. You Is know? that King so, Julian that made that one? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. He's like, by the way, one of the greatest cartoon characters ever created. Uh, so, um, the, uh, I don't know. This is complete hypothesis, you know, but like what we know of, and we know this to be the case anyways, <laughs> because, you know, from year to year, um, specific dates change a little bit, you know, like, um, my birthday won't be on a Friday every year. Right. So that tells you that actually, you know, whatever that date is, isn't the same day every year. So November 1st, isn't the same day every year right so like it can fluctuate november 1st this year might actually be the same day of the year you know if you want to talk about photo period right which mm-hmm. is supposedly what determines the extra cycle of those that might be that first could be on the fifth uh on a different year now i don't think you can i don't think like the next year it'll change that much but right um I'd have to do some math and look at some stuff, but that's just kind of my hypothesis a little bit. And then I think too, just things are shifting. Um, I'm not a climate denier. I'm not a climate change believer either, but I think that things are different in time periods. You know, my granddad talks about uh, a time whenever he was a kid, when he'd have to go bust ice every morning for like 60 days during the winter for the cows to drink, you know, and dude, I don't have that. I'll tell you what, I, I went to Alaska this summer. If you, if, you know, for those who might listen to the element podcast, they might know, but, um, it made me think about some stuff for sure. Seeing those icebergs yeah. and like, you just, it's hard to deny like the pictures from a certain spot that like, here's a picture from 1990. Here's a picture from 2000. Here's a picture from 2013. And here's a pic, here's what it looks like today, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like, Whoa. I mean, for sure for sure some different we're going through some sort of a different weather pattern you know what i mean so yeah crazy but mm-hmm. yeah i'm just kind of wondering if like you know what all i guess that has to do uh or i, I guess i say iceberg i probably should have said glacier um yeah but yeah that's what i meant was glacier. correct you <laughs> well and so will my wife um <laughs> but yeah so anyway that's just something i, I noticed and i was like man uh that there's you know something going on so i wonder how that all plays into the rut and it's definitely something interesting and this is why um you know there's so many variables just if you look at nature right and Mm -hmm. um you you know it's you can't just look at studies and have those can't even to me most of the time be just a complete 100 percent determinator you know like it's it's going to be there's going to be some variable that they didn't consider or some something that could have affected it or mm-hmm. you know whatever so um, it's like polling data and stuff like that too you yeah. know it's like okay well if you poll uh inner city chicago and then you poll uh you know i don't know some town in west virginia you'll probably have different results so yeah you yeah. know, you can make data seem any which way you want to. Sure. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to look at the studies and and know for certain. Still, it's it's mm-hmm. good to look at. I think it's good to do. But anyway, I I uh, I'm definitely pretty interested in it because, 
Uh, currently, I'm sitting here looking at the Moultrie mobile app and uh, just refreshing it about every you know 30 minutes and uh, trying to see if the rut has hit anywhere across the country yet. Because <laughs> I'm like, like yeah. I said, I got FOMO bad and I just need to. I need to go hunting. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to be here cause I'm able to do stuff like this for Rut fresh and, mm-hmm. and to do some of the work that I need to do and get like all my stuff in order. But, um, everybody in Iowa having a party and, you know, multiple people shooting deer that I know, in, including maybe, um, you know, somebody very close to me, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is making me feel like I need to be out in the woods right now. Yeah. Well, you, you got a couple up on most folks right now for the year already. So, It'd be all right, yeah. I think. But um, you know, if you're if you got the FOMO, Tyler, and you're you're concerned about what's going on around the country, I hear that there's a new Rut Fresh episode coming out uh, on Wednesday. That'd be today, probably. And mm-hmm. uh, who's going to be on that episode? Yeah. So as you uh, referred to earlier, old Michael Stoll, known as Jim Michael, sometimes uh, depending on if Tony Peterson's talking to him or not. Um, we have he'll be in South Dakota. Um, Anthony Warren, who's a good buddy of mine, it goes way back. Uh, he's, uh, in Iowa. I referred to him earlier. Um, we're gonna have Gordon Dalton. He's out in Virginia doing some cool stuff out there. It's, uh, kind of a flies under the radar a little bit, uh, as far as that state goes. Uh, but he's, he's, I mean, he always has good pictures of, of nice bucks, and uh, he says that things are going on right now. And then our good buddy, Christopher Webb from Texas. He's been doing some public land hunting and uh, had a really close encounter recently. That almost, oh man, dude, and those are hard to come by. Texas public land bucks that are over thirteen inches wide, which is what it has to be to be legal in most most of the areas. Man, that's a that's a tough buck to come by. So I feel sorry mm-hmm. that, for him that he didn't get that quite done. But anyway, that's uh, that's all coming up here in just a second. The man goes by many names. But Michael would probably be the one he prefers. This is Michael Stoll. He's been up in South Dakota hunting deer. What's up, dude? Oh, nothing much. Just trying to stay warm and watch the Rangers win a World Series. Let's go, dude. I love how you start off with the the letter O when you just addressed <laughs> well, me. I'm uh, I'm amongst my people currently. <laughs> I, I hear it all over, except for when I'm with your psychopathic compadre <laughs> so you're uh you're up there with old caleb and uh he's uh he might have there might have been a buck that got an arrow sometime soon we there won't say much more have. about it though but uh you guys have have seen i don't know at least talking to your compadre there it seems like y'all have seen kind of the gamut of i guess rut uh, behavior would you say that you've been back and forth on what stage they're in and what they're actually wanting uh, or doing yeah yeah 100 percent. we don't really know what's going on all we know is that we thought it was going to be a lot more ruddy than it actually is so we kind of started out like hunting pinch points and doing the rut thing and kind of realized it it doesn't seem like they're really doing it a lot of the bucks are still bachelored up and it uh it doesn't seem like they're chasing a whole lot. So we started just going back to bed to feed. It helped that we had that big cold front that came through. So deer at least on their feet and moving. But as far as rut activity, it's kinda kinda grim. Really? So have you seen deer nosing does around? 
Uh, we saw that tonight. Mm-hmm. Do you think Before that it's then, changing, or do you not. think that that just happens to be a certain buck that you had an encounter with that's different than other bucks? I think it has less to do with the buck and more to do with the doe that he was nosing oh, around because gotcha. he was very keyed in on like one or two does. He was just following them around all evening. Gotcha. So, and he just he just stayed with them and followed them around, but there was no like active breeding or anything going on no he was just nosing them around and like like i said there were i mean it was a group of probably like six does and there were just two that he was just doing circles around just pushing them so are you guys hunting doe bedding or are you hunting pinch points and funnels or what what strategy are you using up there mostly we uh we hunted a lot or we've been hunting a lot of pinch points but our best success was kind of just glassing them up and then getting in front of them i mean the old-fashioned element way yeah where are they headed they were headed to a i believe it's a hay field up on top Mm -hmm. and we kind of ran into them just in like a little staging area in between that and some uh some timber gotcha so staging being like brush that what scrapes and rubs are around or something maybe yeah Yep. So just, I mean, on, it's pretty much a big valley and on either side, there's just a rub line and scrapes all up and down it. And he was pretty much just going scrape to scrape. Is there any correlation between the movement and those scrapes or is it just like anywhere there's a tree, there's, you know, there's a rub and a scrape and I can't really tell where they're going to be. I mean, it's, it, the scrape line runs right along a big, like it's a big Creek system that runs through the property we've been hunting. So it, I mean, if you look at the pins that we've been placing on bucks, it draws a perfect line right down that, that, uh, that Creek that goes right up to some, some more ag. So just traveling Creek systems basically. Yep. Pretty much. Man. It seems like we talk about that quite a bit on our podcast. It sure does. They uh, they like those things a lot. So with that in mind and, and all the things that you've seen and with it being, you know, not quite as just ramped up to, you know, what a lot of people think the rut is, um, do you expect in the next week for anything to change? Do you expect them to to actually get to the rut where you're seeing Dude, actual I, chasing and stuff? I think within the next week, things are for sure going to be ramping up. I mean, we started to see it today, but I think as more of these does come into heat, they are going to be going absolutely crazy. Hmm. So would you stay with the same strategies of hunting pinch points, or would you spend time around those scrapes or doe bedding, or what? What do you? Th- where would you spend your time in the next week? I think the – the main focus should be a pinch point, but we have found that there are, you know, like there's scrapes all over the place, but there are like a specific couple scrapes that are just, they're lighting up. We've seen bucks go to like the same scrape we saw where, you know, the buck we were on tonight, he, we also had an encounter with him a different night going to check the same scrape. And, it seems to be that that scrape is like the hot scrape. So 
it's it's it sounds real easy. Just find the hot scrape. Yeah. But if you find a scrape that a buck's going to, that might just be the one. So is there a delineator that that shows you why that is the scrape, or is it just a matter of seeing a buck there, or you know, is there some sort of uh, you know, characteristic that that scrape holds that you could just walk through the woods and see see a scrape and be like, oh, that's the one that's hot. I mean, I think especially when it's uh you know below freezing like we're dealing with, if you see like like that a deer has been peeing in it recently, mm-hmm. that I think that could be a good way to tell. I also think like. I mean, there's some scrapes that are just like dug. And I saw this, I know we're talking about South Dakota, but I saw this in Texas the other day and a scrape was like dug like a good four inches into the ground. And it was the size, like if I laid down on the ground, it was the size of me pretty much. Mm-hmm. And we saw multiple bucks go use that scrape too. So, I mean, there's a couple different ways to tell, but the best way I feel like to tell is just see a big mature buck go go scraping. So in the next week with all those things considered scale of one to 10, what's the buck movement going to be like? Oh, I feel like it's about to be, I like got, I'm going to say a, a seven. Oh, I think okay. it's going to be, I think it's going to be getting pretty good. It, I don't think it's going to be quite a 10, but in the next week, it's definitely going to be ramping up. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, Thanks for the report. I hope you get to shoot one while you're up there. And um, I hope that your your friend there uh, in the room with you gets plenty of those hungry mans that he's warming up in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Okay. I've got Anthony Warren here. He's a good buddy of mine. I know for a long time. He's been out in Iowa hunting big monster bucks, and it looks like you might have seen one. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on Tyler. Um, yeah, man, uh, made it up there and it was pretty short lived, but, uh, ended up having some, some success on the first evening. Um, so yeah, it was a good time, man. So this was a, this was a big eight point that you'd had on camera some, right? Had he been daylight on any of your cameras? Uh, he hadn't been full daylight. Uh, he had been on the edge of dusk or dawn, uh, you know, the week or so leading up to me getting up there. Uh, you could tell he was starting to hit scrapes and, and he had a lot of nighttime activity, but was just starting to hit the fringe of dusk and dawn about the week before I got there. Okay. So the, there's been a big cold front that's pretty much gone across much of the U S this week. Um, was was the night that you had the encounter with this buck was that a a part of this cold front or was it separate of it yeah it was it was separate of it it was actually the day before the front hit um the temp was slightly down i want to say two or three degrees from the day before um and it, it was a little misty on and off um but i actually caught it right before uh the front actually came in okay so um this deer came in earlier than you had seen him on trail cameras or about the same time? Yeah, he was probably about 10 to 15 minutes early um, from his earliest that he had been uh, previously. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, he was actually um, with another buck that was a younger deer. Um, not really sure where they had bedded at, but I had a bunch of does around me and I was on the edge of a uh, cornfield that had yet to be cut. 
And, um, so I think a lot of the deer were still feeding and, um, you know, I saw the does well before I saw any bucks that day. How interested was he in those does? Yeah. So he was, he was semi-interested, um, to the point that he wasn't chasing, but he was definitely in the sneak position, um, uh, you know, trying to nose a doe, um, that, that ended up running away from, uh, him. You could tell like he's starting to have some interest, but she just had nothing to do with him. Was he eating at all around that cornfield? Uh, not that I could tell, man. Uh, the does were coming in and out of the corn and just happened to congregate in that corner where I was at. Mm. And, um, and I think he probably would have, if he would have, you know, just messed with the does long enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. Fortunately for me, he didn't make it to uh, start eating any of it. Yeah. Is that what you think he was doing in there was, was going to eat corn or was he doing something different? You think? Yeah, I, th- I think um, I think he was in there eating corn. He also had a couple of scrapes right there mm-hmm. um, in that corner of the field. And so, you know, my, my feeling is he was getting up out of bed, going to go eat and, you know, check those scrapes on the way to, to eat. And, uh, you know, that's how I ended up intercepting him basically. Yeah. So in the next week or so, do you foresee much changing? Are they going to still – are you still going to be looking – if you were – if you still had a tag there and you were going to be hunting, would you still be hunting edge of, you know, uh, standing corn or near scrapes or would you, would you change to funnels and pinch points or what would you do? Yeah, I would probably, um, I would probably look for pinch points and funnels probably between, uh, you know, food, which was, was that corn that's standing and maybe some, some real thick spots on the property. Um, because I think does are still in that, that point of the year where they're still wanting to go feed. And so I think as we get into the next, you know, few days next week, we're going to start seeing things kind of shift. Uh, you'll start seeing a lot of these bucks start cruising a little bit more frequently going back and forth checking scrapes, trying to go and find these does in the doe bedding areas that, that are starting to get the first doe in estrus. So I think it's, I think it's going to only pick up from here. Gotcha. So, uh, in the next, you know, seven days or so, what do you predict the buck movement will be like on a scale of one to 10 thinking maybe 10 is like the best day of the rut? Yeah, I, I would probably be somewhere around a seven to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to get better. We've got some good weather for it, uh, which is nice to see. Um, I, I just typically don't start seeing that, uh, that level 10 until you get about seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days into, uh, November. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just personally my experience, but I think it's going to improve drastically. I think with this cold weather, a lot of, a lot of deer are going to hit the ground this, this upcoming week. Sweet, man. Well, that's exciting. Thanks for uh, the report, man. And congrats on that big stud of a deer, man. If you're interested uh, and you're listening out there, you can, uh, I'm sure find Anthony, Anthony Warren on Instagram and go check out that big eight point he shot. Yeah. Thanks Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something. 
because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where Land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to Land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth right now i've got gordon dalton on the phone he's out in virginia now you're in virginia right now but when i met you several years ago we were in colorado it was just the weirdest chance thing we were fishing out in colorado in the black canyon and you came just Coming down the chute right there, man. Uh, <laughs> What's going on, Gordon? Oh, man, not a whole lot at work right now, but hoping to get in the woods later. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's funny that you're, you know, uh, to me at least, it's interesting that you're uh, such a hardcore deer hunter because, um, you know, when I met you, you were kayaking down just whitewater rapids, which is something you do often, right? Yeah, I'm. I have a lot of irons in the fire. I'm really hardcore into whitewater kayaking. Have been a long time, but I mean, I've been hunting all my life, and it's just part of life sure, for me. Sure. Uh, yeah. So just as into as ever. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you've been hunting quite a bit. In fact, I, I tried to get the interview with you last night, and you went straight from work to the stand. Uh, what did you see last night? Not a thing. I think I busted them all up on the way in. Busted a bunch of 
you know, but the, the, that took the wrong approach. But, yeah. Uh, Talk about yeah, the terrain it, you're it, hunting. Yeah. So I'm hunting in the mountains like Blue Ridge, the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, Central Virginia, Western Virginia. And uh, so I was walking through some pretty steep terrain, a lot of mountain laurel, a lot of oaks, um, stuff like that. Real steep, real rugged. So uh, are the oaks dropping right now out there? So this year, the red oaks are doing pretty good. Last year, I think in most of Virginia, it was a huge white oak year, um, white oak acorns, which are preferred. Uh, it was probably the, the best white oak year we've had in eight, ten years. It was a big deal. Um, this year, no white oaks, not many. Um, but the red oaks, of course, are, are doing pretty well. And the deer really do seem to be in the red oaks right now. They're, um, they're in those pretty hard. And so that's kind of where I was. Yesterday was near a, a good scrape um, among a bunch of red oaks near some mountain laurel. Yeah. yeah. So does this scrape sit? You said it's steep country. Is this uh, is this like on a ridge or a bench or a saddle or what is it? Yep. This particular scrape um, is kind of on a on a little bench of a ridge where the ridge kind of you know flattens out just briefly. Mm-hmm. And I think they're crossing from two different directions. Um, I missed a really good buck um, on this past weekend right there. My, my arrow hit, hit a limb. I had to shoot through a sapling and didn't work out. So I was hoping I didn't scare him too bad. And he'd come back. Yeah. Didn't it hurts, work. man. I, I, uh, you sent me pictures of that deer and he is a Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is, he's, he's living a good life. I didn't, I didn't, you know, thankfully it was a clean miss. Yeah. So. Is he, so he's did good. he check the scrape right there? <clears throat> he'd been coming to that scrape mostly at night. Um, but I went ahead and, and pushed on it this weekend, even though it was 60 degrees. Um, it's just that magical time of year, you know, when the, the bucks are running around, they're feeling randy, but the does aren't ready. And so you get a lot of movement and that seems to be what's happening. And I kind of surprised me. He showed up at eight 30 in the morning. It was probably 60 something degrees. Yeah. So, so not, so the, most of the country's kind of seen a cold front. Have you guys had that at all? Yes, the cold front hit yesterday, um, but it's been it's been a rollicking ride here in Virginia. You know, October is basically bow season the whole month. This is the last few days of it, and um, it's been our opening day was windy and rainy, and you know since then the weather has just really not cooperated up until now. Mm-hmm. But it's been it was eighty something degrees last weekend, which is crazy for this time of year. Um, yeah, windy, rainy, hot. And now finally cooling down. So hopefully things are about to get really good. So, you know, things were getting good. Apparently you saw daylight movement off of this buck that mm-hmm. hasn't been daylight much um, I- even before the cold front. So now the cold front's here. Yeah. Um, you expect things to be – you expect to be more of the same? As, or, is there, you know, your patterns or, or tactics going to change at all? Or what do you think in the, in the next week or so? I think for the next few days, you can, I'm still going to be banking on the bucks moving pretty good, you know, just based on that, that need to, to find a doe. And that's what I was banking on last weekend was that even though it was warm, um, you know, that he would still be moving at least in the morning. And I mean, it, it, it worked out. Sometimes it amazes me when the plan actually works out. <laughs> it does me too, man. It's such a, it's such a cool thing. It doesn't happen often, you know? And I think that's going to, that kind of thing will keep up for the next few days, you know, into the, you know, it's November 1st when we're talking here. And I think that'll keep up. And then as we go into the next week, you might, you know, maybe they'll, they'll be a little more of what, you know, lockdown, I guess, in, in theory. Um, but, but November 9th is always a great day here in Virginia. Yeah. Um, so, so you still I'm using thinking. terrain, um, you know, like, uh, benches or saddles or stuff to, to get in the way of these cruising bucks. Are you using scrapes or a combination or different things or what? 
I, I go for that combination. Just like you said there, um, you know, I'm hunting big woods, not a lot of edge, um, except, you know, vegetation edges. So I'm trying to use the terrain. I use a lot of little gullies. There's a lot of steep gullies. The mm-hmm. bucks don't want to go up and down through those little gullies. They don't show up on a map. And so you've got to find them boots on the ground, mm-hmm. as they would say. Mm-hmm. The bucks like to cruise along the top of those little gullies rather than waste energy going up and down these little six foot, six foot gullies. So I try to look for that, you know, the, that east facing um, ridge. We don't have a lot of east west running ridges. If you can find one, it's usually money. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll keep keep focusing on some scrapes at least for the next few days. And, um, but I'm always trying to use terrain and the edge of mountain laurel and things like that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So in, in the next week in Virginia with the weather coming in, do you expect the buck movement to be better? And what would you rate it on a scale of one to 10? I would think it would still be pretty good, at least for the next, you know, few days into the next week. Um, I would rate it maybe an eight, eight plus, mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seven to eight plus. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, man. Well, that's good. That's positive news, man. I, I think everybody right now is getting a little bit itchy. That cold front that came in right Halloween in the end of the end of October there got a lot of people in the woods and there were some bucks that went down, but I still think there's, there's uh, more to come, man. So I'm excited about it and I appreciate the report from Virginia. Yes, sir. I've got my good friend Chris Webb. He is one of probably, you know, the audience's favorite element characters on our YouTube channel. Uh, recently, Chris actually uh, killed a, uh, his first public land buck in a video of ours on our YouTube channel. Chris, what's been going on, man? Uh, just trying to be in the woods as much as I can this this time of year. Yeah, it's a pretty good time of year to do that. You you spent some time in Texas now recently, and uh, it seemed like you had a pretty good hunt the other day. Uh, you saw some bucks, right? I did. We had that big cold front blow through um, Sunday into Monday, and so I got out Monday morning, and um, the storm, the weather broke, you know, probably around 6 a.m., so... About 9 a.m., I had a, a buck chasing some does come running through and came in for a second and looked right at me and ran away. <laughs> Man, got to hate it. The, um, so the, so he was like running does or just like pushing them around with like in like a sneak position? He was just pushing them around. I heard them, I heard some blowing going on in a creek behind me. And so I kind of thought they had just gotten my wind. And then they started running closer to me, and I thought, that that's odd. Um, and then after they ran through, you know, 10 seconds later, he came running in. Man. So, Well, so in that spot, um, are you hunting like a rut pinch, or are you hunting something different there? So that's a community scrape and also um, white oaks. Okay. So the does will feed in there, and then a pretty good scrape opens up there about this time of year. How about how big is that scrape? About the size of a dinner plate. Okay. And you, do you have a camera on it? Yeah. And you've seen deer using it in daylight at all this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, We're seeing, been seeing a lot more of that after this cold front. They'll come through on a mid-morning cruising and checking. Yeah, I got you. So, uh you, so, so the the cold weather, or do you think that that it's more the time of year that's increased the daylight movement there? 
I think it's the time of year, but um, the cold front definitely, you know, adds a little bit to it, gets them moving a little bit more. Yeah. How's the acorn crop there? It was really good. It looks like um, a lot of it's kind of gone. Um, so they've already but, eaten a lot of it? Yeah, but that scrape stays open, and there's some doe bedding pretty close by, so it's gotcha. a pretty frequented area. Gotcha. So, you know, looking forward into the next week or so, <clears throat> is anything going to change as far as uh, what the deer are doing, what the bucks in, in particular are doing, or what the does are doing that would affect buck move, uh, uh, the buck movement? Um, I don't think so. I think it's going to continue to be just more of the same. I think you're going to see more bucks cruising. Um, unlike the private I hunt, um, you're going to see just new bucks showing up to your corn. Uh, and then I think you're going to see them moving, you know, all throughout the morning and then, uh, potentially earlier in the afternoon. Do you expect to scrape movement to increase or decrease as the cruising movement picks up? I expect the scrape movement to increase probably over the next two to three weeks. Okay. And do you think that, I guess, would you assume that most of those acorns on the, at least on the white oak crop are pretty much gone and, and, uh, you're looking for reds or what kind of food source do you think you'll be keying in on for those does? Uh, for those does, yeah, I think the white oak's gone. So keying in on red oaks or, um, man, the deer around here kind of eat just about anything mm-hmm. so just mm-hmm. figuring out what they're eating um if you're on private that's corn so sure well even if you're on public sometimes too because they're going it, yeah, off on the private on, yeah. yeah yeah so uh on a scale of one to ten what would you assume or predict buck movement will be like in the next week or so i'm thinking it's going to be probably a seven seven and a half all right Seven and a half. I like it, man. That's like, that's pretty, pretty good, man. I feel like, uh, I'm right there with you. If I've seen our trail cameras in, in Texas, you know, in the last couple of days, I mean, it's going to start getting pretty good. I think. I think so too. It's going to just kind of each day, I think it'll just get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, Chris. And, uh, I'm hoping that, uh, next time a buck crashes in on you, you get a good shot at him. Hey, thanks, man. I do too. Some really great thoughts about the rut, the pre-rut, which is happening right now in that podcast. We appreciate all the guests. Also, Adam Moore has written an article on the Wired to Hunt website called Why You Should Catch a Whitetail Rut Down South. So if you're interested in more rutting action, more rutting information, there's something there for you at Wired to Hunt. Also, you can go to the Element YouTube channel and check out our latest video where we get in on the first pre-rut action in Texas on a public land hunt where I actually shoot a really nice buck. This happened just a couple of weeks ago. It's already out on YouTube, so go check it out. This has been Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.
You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.